Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, or listening on Podbean, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday afternoon to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Leave a like on the episode. Leave a comment down below. Podbean, if you're listening on there, share around with others. Follow on there as well. Spotify, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. We have Twitter and we have Facebook. Twitter, it's at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. All you got to do is type that bad boy in on the search engine. You'll find it. Follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news, highlights, and notifications from across college and NFL football. Facebook, same thing. All you got to do is type in pigskin frenzy. You'll find it. Follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news, notifications, and highlights from across college and NFL football. College football episode today. But before that, we're going to talk about something that, you know, goes with college football entering the NFL. So NFL draft Thursday, round one, Thursday night. You don't want to miss it. It's at 8 Eastern, NFL Network, NFL Plus, ABC, and ESPN. Big night, NFL draft is where college football stars become even brighter, as I like to say. Um, it's going to be a big night. We're going to have a draft day episode of Pigskin Frenzy on Thursday, dropping Thursday. You're not going to want to miss it on platforms everywhere, Podbean, Spotify, YouTube. Follow around, share around with others on there. So just wanted to promote that before we you know, kick off with the show. Let's talk about some college football and talk about college football now. So, talking about some spring game results, most notably Alabama. They played last weekend. We're going to dive deep into LSU, and we're going to dive deep into Michigan as well as Colorado. So, we're going to talk about them. And speaking of Colorado, to conclude the episode, we're going to tie it in with some news coming out of Boulder. We're not going to want to miss it. Don't don't leave. Don't you know, stop tuning in. With Listen on Podbean, Spotify, and watch on YouTube. Follow around, follow around, share around with others, and just keep on plugging in to pigskin frenzy. So let's kick it off with some spring game results, shall we? Um, this past weekend, there was a continuation of the, the spring football, right? So we're about to conclude on spring football, however. I mean, it's going to end. This is the last week of big, big games, I guess, coming in this weekend. It's on the 29th of Saturday of April, and then we get April 30th, then we get May 6th, so then we wrap up spring, and everybody goes off and does their own thing for the summer, and then we wait for media days, right? So, spring football, we're going to go over, you know, right now, and most notably, let's kick it off with this. We'll kick it off with Alabama. Alabama. So, where do we go from here, I guess? So, you expect Alabama to have a big turnover, right? It is a big turnover. Obviously, when you look at it, you have two coordinator changes. Offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien is now the offensive coordinator with the Patriots, the New England Patriots, having a reunion with them. You replace him with Tommy Rees from Notre Dame. Good pickup. Then you lose your defensive coordinator, Pete Golding, who has been there for five or six years, to Ole Miss as their new defensive coordinator. Now you have Kevin Steele. So what's old is new again. With Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele was a defensive coordinator for Alabama when I was a little boy. So, I mean, that just goes to show, I mean, the history with Kevin Steele as a, as a coach and the history and lineage of Alabama football. So, uh, Kevin Steele uh, back at Alabama as a defensive coordinator and Tommy Reed as the offensive coordinator, a young offensive mind. It's been a while since 
it's not really been a while, I would say. It's been, this is probably pretty interesting that Alabama's got a, a younger offensive mind coming in, right? So in a lot of in a lot of teams, in a lot of college football teams and a lot of, you know, coaches in general are trending more towards that, you know, young offensive mentality and young offensive coach in mind. So that's a whole other discussion. I would like to bring, you know, talk about that one day on Pigskin Frenzy of how we're transitioning into a younger coordinator mindset, really. I mean, we do have some older coordinators, it's not that, but I'm saying like uh, some coaches that are younger, younger, you know, out there who are, you know, offensive coordinators and bringing a flashy type of offense now in college football. I would like to talk about how the the offense of college football has adapted, but that's a whole nother, you know, you know, subject. But talking about the spring game with Alabama, here's what I liked. I like their defense and I like their coverage. I like their front. I like everything going up in the middle. Their defense was much improved. Uh, last year was okay, I guess. It wasn't the best, but it wasn't bad. Pete Golding, I think, uh, Pete Golding, he ran it different, obviously, and it was one of those things where it was like, okay, I don't know as the years got on. To me, it wasn't the right fit for Pete Golden to be in Alabama. That's just my not my take on it. I think a, a transition to Ole Miss was needed. I think Pete Golding leaving to, for another defensive coordinator job or even a head coaching job was needed. I think at that time, I think Pete Golding uh, he he tried to he did his he did his best at Alabama, but I think Alabama needs to bulk up their defense a little bit more and have a strong defense, right? So. And it looked improved. Let's just say it, put it that way, first and foremost. It was okay last season. It looked a little bit better now, which is good, you know, which, which is good. It's what you need. Stronger. It was a little bit stronger up front, a little bit stronger in the middle, and in their, in their corners and their in the safety and their zone coverage was bar none. It was really good. So um, a name to look out for is Caleb Downs, safety freshman for Alabama. He just, you know, just committed, just signed, and he is ready to rock and roll with Alabama. Caleb Downs is a great safety. In my opinion, he's going to be a solid defensive, uh, defensive back for Alabama, along with, you know, the returning Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry is back as a defensive back for Alabama. He is he's a stud as well. So Caleb Downs is also going to be a name to watch out for and have Alabama fans excited. I think that um, what he does as a, in, in zone is impressive. I think him as a safety is a good fit for Alabama. And he what he does in coverage as a lockdown safety is I mean, impressive. He did it in high school. He was a two-way player in high school. He also played running back. If Tommy Reese wants to put it, uh, you know, suit him up as a running back, he may can. He's big and he's fast and he's, you know, big enough and built for it. So you may put Caleb Downs as a, as a two-way player, but he was a two-way player in high school, one of the best out of Georgia. And Caleb Downs, you know, was was a solid, you know, solid player. So and he, and I think he's going to be a solid player for Alabama. So Caleb Downs looked good, and he's a name that I am going to look forward to watching this season as a freshman. He's going to be a player that Alabama fans should look forward to as well on defense as a safety. So defense looked, you know, much improved. It looked solid. I think it's, you know, it, I mean, it's still going to need work. Obviously, it's still going to, you know, it's it's the first year with Kevin Steele back as Alabama defensive coordinator. So you're going to want to, you know, keep on the trend, keep on working, and just, you know, keep on going with it, right? So that's what I liked about their D. De- I like I liked about their spring game was their defense. Here's what I was iffy about with Alabama: their quarterback battle. Yes, 
uh, I listen to the Always College Football podcast with Greg McElroy, again, from ESPN, does a great job there. He said, do not be overreact with Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow, and uh, don't, you know, like underreact, you know. So, and I was thinking, okay, you know, I'm expecting a solid battle between two quarterbacks who, you know, who have the tangibles to be at the starting level in college football right now. I was a little bit surprised of how not really all that good it was. Um, I didn't really, and I'm not trying to knock at Alabama's offense. I just didn't really like the direction of Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson, uh, either of them in that game. And that's not me, you know, trying to sit and say, okay, they're not good. They don't belong in Alabama. No, you know, with practice makes, you know, Close to perfect. Everybody's not going to be perfect, you know. No one's perfect. But I'm saying it's going to make, you know, close to being a, a solid quarterback, you know, and make the right plays. Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow didn't make the most accurate decisions. Uh, they threw a bunch of interceptions that was kind of unnecessary. I, and, and, and listen, you're thinking, okay, Joel, it's a spring game. Dude, I mean, you're talking about they're playing each other. Yes, but you also got to look logically at if Alabama is playing Tennessee in October. You also got to look when Alabama is playing LSU in November. You also got to look when Alabama is playing Ole Miss or playing Texas in, uh, in week two in September. You got to think logically. And them, uh, Al, Al, you know, Ty Simpson or Jalen Milrow, whoever starts, and they're making those decisions. You got to get them better equipped and get them better, and you know, get them get them ready for that spotlight. It's you know, it's the, the name of the game. You got to develop them. I didn't think it was. I mean, I thought it was a, the spring practices. They looked okay. They looked good. I think the spring game did not show what how it was in practice. If that makes sense, I think. Ty Simpson needs to work on a little bit more of his decision-making as well as Jalen Milrow. Uh, I th- I like Ty Simpson's accuracy a little bit better than Jalen Milrow's. However, I would say decision-making on both parts is key when it comes to the quarterback play. So I, other than that, their playmakers, Ja'Cory Brooks, you got uh, Jace McClellan at running back, Roydell Williams. You I mean you got a lot of good backs for Alabama who can carry the rock, man. You, you got an offense that could work. You just need better, Chris. You know, quarterback play. Speaking of quarterback play, and this has something to do with Alabama. Uh, former Notre Dame starting quarterback Tyler Butchner has entered the transfer portal. Also, in other news. He is set to visit Alabama. <laughs> so if if there's a, you know, two and two, uh, you know, put two and two together moment here, don't be surprised if Tyler Butchner uh, gets commits to Alabama, signs with Alabama, and enrolls as a transfer coming into the fall. And then you get, you know, you may have a three-way competition between Tyler, former Notre Dame quarterback Tyler Butchner, uh, a quarterback who, who Tommy Reese is very familiar with and his kind of play style. So that may work well with the offense, getting Tyler Butchner in as a starter for Alabama. And then you got Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow. So it, it could be Tyler Butchner. Who knows? It may be a transfer quarterback who replaces Bryce Young at the stop, uh, as a start of 2023. So let's see where that goes. Let's see where that headline takes us. But I just wanted to you know, mention that. That just came out a few minutes ago. 
about about 30 minutes to 45 minutes ago that Tyler Butchner has entered the transfer portal and is set to visit Alabama with Tommy Reese as the new OC there. So that looks good. We'll see what happens there. But if that does happen, it's going to give, you know, Ty Simpson to Jalen Milrow something to think about. Like, okay, we got a new transfer quarterback in who's got more experience in in the starting in the starting spotlight so you know Tyler Butchner you know started for uh Notre Dame this past season before you know I think he was he was losing a job to uh I think Drew I think Drew I think it was, I think it was Drew Drew Brees I think I don't know Drew Reeds or something I don't know but uh I think he also transferred from Notre Dame my mistake but uh yeah, no, no. I mean, Tyler Bushner was the starting quarterback there. He transferred. Sam Hartman's now the, the the quarterback at Notre Dame. So we'll see. You know, we'll see what Tyler Bushner does for uh, Notre Dame, and let's see what he does. You know, and let's see what he does if he does commit to Alabama. Let's see how that affects the quarterback race. You know, with Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, and Tyler Bushner there now. If he does indeed transfer. More likely option, you would want to go with Tyler Butchner. He has more experience, and he has more experience with Tommy Reeds as his OC. So, good fit there. May work. Let's see. But we got to get the quarterback situation started, you know, and, and you know, quarterback things settled and straight before 2023 hits because you need you need an experience. You need more of an experienced, uh, crisp, accurate decision maker to get you through these tough games down the stretch in 2023 and to try to make another run at the college football playoff. So I think Alabama will be just fine. Long story short, I think Alabama will be just fine. I think Alabama uh, didn't have the best spring game. However, you know, let's see what they do in the fall. It could change. So uh, let's see what they do then. So that was Alabama football spring game. Uh, Like their defense, well improved, but... I guess the quarterback situation needs to be, you know, turned up a notch, sort of speak. So um, let's move on to their rival, LSU. Their rival, um, LSU, who won the SEC West last year by defeating Alabama and by, you know, having a more, more remarkable turnaround after that Florida State loss, you know. Not just after the Florida State loss, after the Tennessee lost. They got blown out by Tennessee. I mean, they got spanked. <laughs> there was no, no, you know, no other way about it. Tennessee walked into Death Valley and, you know, just, just went in there and blew them out, blew them out of the water. So they they had a remarkable turnaround since then. LSU coming in uh, in the spring game. And, and after winning the West and, you know, after going to the Citrus Bowl and blowing out Purdue, they look solid. 63-7 win for them there. LSU look I mean, good. You I mean you have one of the top quarterbacks coming back in Jaden Daniels. You have another top quarterback who should also who 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 could start now, but it's looking like he's waiting his turn to start for LSU in 2024 in Garrett Nussmeyer. You have uh, uh, some one of the best receivers coming back in college football with Malik Neighbors. You have Brian Thomas, Chris Hilton. Uh, you would you would have had Aaron Anderson Jr. who transferred from Alabama into LSU, but he's out with a knee injury. He's out, and he's you know expected to be back for fall camp and to be ready for week one. Mason Smith, who got hurt in Florida, the Florida State opener week one, he is back. Uh, uh, redshirt sophomore, I mean, turning into a junior. So Mason Smith, he's a you know he's a star player in the making. He is coming back, and he will be ready week one and be ready for fall camp. He didn't play at all in the spring, just out of precaution, but 
he looks healthy and he looks back and better than he was before. So then you got, obviously, arguably the best player in the SEC, could be in college football in D on defense in Harold Perkins. So Harold Perkins is back and he's ready to rock and roll. LSU starting off on defense looked solid. Sage Ryan looked good on defense. Greg Brooks, you also had the new transfers in with Deuce Chestnut and you had Joe Fouché back. You had uh I mean you had Omar Spates in there. You had a lot of the transfers who came in and played. Denver Harris is now there as a part of the defensive back uh, in lockdown corners and everything. So they look good. They all look good. They all had excellent springs. The defense looks solid up front in, you know, in the back with their cut with the coverage safeties uh, in the middle up front. Harold Perkins was, was phenomenal. Uh, they all look good. They also had Mason Taylor. Mason Taylor is back. And Mason Taylor did not play out of precaution because he had uh, shoulder surgery after um, you know, the season ended. He he will be ready to go in week one. He'll be ready to go in the fall. But Mason Taylor, a good tight end for them, sophomore tight end for them now. Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer took control of their respective offenses in that game. Though they look like they're both ready to play. Garrett Nussmeyer just has got just as much first team reps as Jaden Daniels. And Garrett Nussmeyer looks solid. He looked really, really good this spring. So did Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels, everyone was wondering, okay. And I and I wondered this. This was my spring outlook for them. Was how are they going to look? You know, how Jane Daniels going to look throwing the football? Well, he looked solid. He aired the ball out a lot, and he looked good. He made accurate decisions, crisp timing, crisp passing. Daniel da- Jane Daniels could be, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in college football, and he's he is probably the best returning quarterback in in the SEC or up there at least in the West. But he looks solid. I mean, he looks like, like a solid quarterback in the conference. Jaden Daniels looks ready. He looks mature. He's put on some weight, which is good. He's bulked up, and he's he's good. I mean, he looks he looks solid. He looks better than he did last season. He looks like he has more chemistry with the guys on offense and their offense was clicking on all cylinders. I think Mike Denbrock is doing an, is doing an excellent job up there as well as Brian Kelly and Matt House on defense. So Brian, uh, Brian Kelly's got them ready to play. They look really, really impressive in their spring game. They are fired up and they are ready to go for the fall. So I'm really curious to see what LSU does there. Um, I think what I didn't like, and then here's what I didn't like from them was I, I think they have a tendency to slow down a little bit. And I think it was, I, I start to see it a little bit on defense. And that's what I didn't like. I think they need to work on that a little bit. When they, they slow down as in like when, you know, okay, we have it, we have, you know, the momentum. Let's take our foot off the gas a little bit. It's a more of a mental thing than a physical. It, it's a mental thing that transitions into a physical thing. So, I think they have the the mentality of okay, let's just you know take our foot off the gas a little bit, and I don't I don't really like that. Even though it's the spring game, you could still do that against a Florida, uh, Alabama, and Auburn, you know. And I, I just I just think that they need to you know work on that a little bit, work on the mentality, keep your foot on the gas at all times, and you'll do just fine. I think everything was clicking on all cylinders, but I think the mental. The, the mental struggles a little bit with LSU still loom there. And I think that's what I think I would work on is don't take your foot off the gas, you know, keep going, you know. And I, I think right now uh, that's the best thing you can work on is, you know, not taking your foot off the gas and not, you know, not 
slowing down. So I think that's the best thing to do right now, and that's the best thing you know to look at. So that is my take. LSU looks solid, but the mental struggle of okay, taking your foot off the gas is one thing I would look at if I'm you know a, in LSU or an LSU fan. So I mean. Just, you know, hats off to LSU, good spring. They're motivated and they're fired up and ready to play against Florida State. I'm sure Florida State is going to come ready to play too, though. So uh, let's just see. That should be a, a that should be a preseason, a preseason top 10 matchup there. Can't wait. Good, good spring for LSU. And, you know, but they're going to have to not take their foot off the gas and keep the momentum going. That's the only thing that I, you know, what I didn't like, what I saw from them. But, you know, other than that, good good overall spring for LSU. Moving on to Michigan. Michigan played a couple of weeks ago, actually, and Michigan looked solid. I think Michigan was a a team that was, you know, had had JJ McCarthy and uh, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. Uh, I think on defense, what I would need to adjust is their coverage. Uh, tighten up the coverage a little bit, and they should be fine. Just like Ohio State. Ohio State needs to tighten up their coverage a little bit, but they're fine. I think up the middle was was okay. I think that needs to be worked on a tad bit more, but their coverage up in the middle and their play up in the middle on their defense will look fine with their linebackers. I think that up front looks solid. I think their offensive line is, is as impressive as ever. I think their offense looks looks good on all cylinders. They, I mean, they're losing Ronnie Bell, who was, an, who was a, a solid receiver for them to the NFL draft, but at the same time, you know, and then they still had J.J. McCarthy, junior quarterback. They have Donovan Edwards, a junior running back, and they get All-American senior running back Blake Corum back, who was expected to be a top pick in the draft, but he decided to come back and try to win a national championship for Michigan. They're running, a, they're, and this is what I'm going to say here. Their defense is okay, just needs a couple of tweaks with their coverage and up in the middle, but their offense, in my opinion, is fine. So that's what I would work on is their coverage, and I would work on a little bit of tightening some of the things up on defense necessary. That's what I would work on if I'm from Michigan, but Here's what I liked was their offense. I liked their blocking. I liked their quarterback play. They have crisp decision-making with J.J. McCarthy, and they have a good ground game. They have the best running back tandem in college football, in my opinion, with Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum. And to me, it's not even close. <laughs> I mean, you have two All-American running backs at the, on the same team rotating in and out, and I think they're, I mean, teams are going to, they're going to cause some defenses issues, honestly. I think Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards rotating in the minute and out is like, okay, you know, you Blake Corum runs on you, and then it's like, okay, you're going to have to feed Donovan Edwards to us now. Man, what are we going to do? It's a one-two punch that's, you know, that's going to be kind of hard to handle. You know, multiple teams have had that, that kind of mentality in the past. Alabama had Trent Richardson and Mark Ingram. Uh, you know, uh, oh, Lin Lindale White and... Um, well, Lindell White and Reggie Bush from USC, you know, uh, those are some of the, you know, duos that I can think of. I mean, you had a lot of, you know, one-two punches with running backs back in the day. Uh, I'll, I'll give you another one. Arkansas, Darren McFadden and Felix Jones, you know. So, I mean, a, a lot of those two, you know, one-two punch combos at running back, it's like, okay, who were both All-Americans, who, you know, both rush for, you know, close to 1,000 yards, in a season, it's in, it's it's you know, it's there. You know, one two punches are you know 
insane. I'll give you another one-two punch. Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle from Georgia most recently. So you have a lot of you know one-two punch with running backs in college football. Michigan has one, and it's dynamic, and it's probably the best tandem at the ground on the ground game in college football, and especially in the Big Ten. So they look good there. I like Michigan, and I like Michigan's going to be a top five team in my opinion to start out the season. Michigan going in with some good momentum, you know, to kick things off with the season. So. Let's move on to our last spring result with Colorado in Boulder, Colorado. So I think that uh, Deion Sanders, uh, his first one, and it was impressive, by the way, which was, which was impressive. Last year, hardly anybody there. 2023, they sell out a spring game like it's an actual college football game, like it's week one in college football. Stadium was filled to the brim all around. You know, you had an EA, a whole ESPN broadcast there for Colorado. It's insane. We never had that happen. But it's the prime effect. <laughs> you know, it is the prime effect. It's Coach D, uh, Coach Prime, Coach Deion Sanders. So um, here's what I like. I like their offense. I like Shadur Sanders. I like Travis Hunter. And I liked a lot of their receivers. You had, you had Montana Luminous uh, Craig, wide receiver there, who – will be in my headline and, you know, in my news story in just a minute. So um, I liked what he did. I liked Shadur Sanders and, you know, his accuracy and his crisp decision-making. He looks like he's done this before, which he has, Jackson State. So, I mean, he looks like a solid quarterback in the Pac-12. He really does. Uh, Shadur Sanders is going to be a solid quarterback in the Pac-12, I think. And Shadur Sanders will get more credit and as a dark horse for the Heisman Trophy, hopefully. So he looks good as a passer. Uh, I think their offense could use a couple of tweaks. I think there were some miscommunication issues there, but not a whole lot. I would say clean up the miscommunication, you know, but at the same time, I think Shadur Sanders looked overall impressive in a spring game, you know, for Colorado, you know. Uh, their offense looked pretty solid. I think their blocking needs to be worked on just a tad bit, just a tad bit with the offensive line, but they're going to get that cleaned up. You know, they're going to get that ready and improved by fall. So, uh, some miscommunication is what I would work on, and some of the blocking is what I worked on. What I liked on offense, like I said, was Shadur Sanders and his accuracy and his ability to read some defenses and his ability to, you know, control the offense and being commanded of that offense. So, I think the command of the offense is what I was impressive with, but I think what they need to work on is some miscommunications and also some blocking and some offensive line blocking for Shadur Sanders to make those accurate you know, passes and to be in command of the whole offense. So I like that. Their defense needs a little bit of work, I think, just a tad bit. I think, you know, and it's a work in progress. Like I said, you're not going to rebuild a 1-11 football team from a year ago, you know, overnight. It's going to take some work. I think that... uh their line needs a little bit of work. I think some uh, some of the you know tweaks up in the middle need some work. I think some coverage uh, needs a lot of work too with their coverage. But I think their defense. What impressed me about their defense is you know a little bit of their press coverage. It's a little bit better than it was, but still needs some tweaking up on. I think their zone coverage needs to be tweaked up on just a tiny bit. But their press coverage was all all right. I like their I like you know how the defense stacks up is what I liked about the spring game. But what they need to be worked on on defense is, you know, some of their, you know, some of the, some of their zone coverage and up in the middle. So what I liked about their defense was their upfront and, you know, their their front, their defensive line, they look big, they look ready, and they were giving some offensive line some problems. However, I like I, you know, I like that. However, and I like their press coverage. However, I did not like their zone coverage and, and up in the middle a little bit. I think they need to tweak some of that coverage up a little bit and they'll be just fine. 
Uh, I think, you know, Colorado can be a, a team that can give a lot, can, could probably surprise a lot of teams this year. You got to remember, it's not going to be overnight, but Deion Sanders also has dipped into the portal enough and has recruited two highly defensive backs in Travis Hunter, who transferred, and Cormani McLean as a freshman. And those two are going to be absolutely a nightmare for as defensive backs. They're going to be absolutely, you know, cause trouble for each receiver who's going up against both those guys. So Colorado's going to look good there. I think Shadur Sanders looks good. And I think Colorado's going to surprise some teams. And I think Coach Sanders and Coach uh, Coach Prime is, you know, just like I said, he's doing the prime effect. So they're going to look solid. I don't think it's going to be, you know, a you know, huge national championship run just yet. But you got to also think, you know, they're coming. Like he said, they are coming, they're building up, and they're getting ready. Now, those were the spring results for, you know, for this past weekend. And I think, you know, when you look at spring football, like I said, it's a time to, you know, look and see where we can improve and what you're excited about coming up in the fall. So I'll give you my last round of spring football results next week. I can't believe it's already over. I'm kind of shocked about it. It's gone by so quick, but I'll give you my last week of my last round of spring results coming up next week and evaluate some teams. Uh, I'm going to dive deep into Oregon next week. And so that's just going to be a spoiler alert there. So um, let's kick it. Let's just keep on the theme of Colorado. Um, and move on to this headline. So, like I said, they are building, but you also have a trouble, troubling, you know, you know, you know, thing right here, you know. And we're moving on to Colorado still and moving away from the spring results for this time. But you know, Colorado, um, it you know, after the spring game, you had some players who do play well. Guys like Montana Luminous uh Luminous Craig. But then he turns around and enters the transfer portal. <laughs> and then you think, okay, he enters the transfer portal. That's just one guy, you know? He feels like he could, go, he could go start elsewhere and make an impact. Then you got guys like uh, Shaquan Bowser, an offensive line, Jackson Anderson, and safety Tyron Taylor <laughs> enter the transfer portal also. And then the total of, you know, transfer players add up to 18. <laughs> so it's kind of an alarming trend. So 18 players, and here's how I want to start off this. 18 players have entered the transfer portal from Colorado. They're calling it a max exodus is what they're calling it. 18 players from Colorado have entered the transfer portal, including wide receiver Montana, uh, Montana Limius Craig, uh, Jackson Anderson, Tyron Taylor, safety. Jackson Anderson's an offensive lineman. And then you got linebacker Shaquan Bowser. So you got four talented players who are a part of the Colorado team who have entered the transfer portal along with 14 others. So that's a big gap. That's a big you know player jump from the spring game to Monday. 18 players entering the portal is a lot. However, it's not, you know, bad enough to where, you know, they can't turn around. I think it's a, it's a big turnover, you got to admit. But at the same time, you know, you can recruit more for next year. You can also recruit more in the transfer portal. But you got until Saturday. So here's the thing. If you want to dive deep into the portal, you got to do it now. Uh, the, the the portal closes. The portal window, that portal window shuts down Saturday. So you're going to have to do make some adjustments quickly. However, I think Deion Sanders knows what he's doing. 
I think, you know, he knows what to expect and he knows the challenges that become behind it. You know, teams are going to want to leave. You know, teams are going to want to go or players are going to want to go. You know, players are going to want to go they play with other teams and players are going to have, this is, this is the, the new trend in college football. Players are going to want to try to get a fresh start elsewhere, especially when you open up that window, have the two windows, the uh, early December to January window, and then you have the spring football window of transfers to where you can jump in and try to go somewhere else for the fall for next year. So you're going to have those two windows, and, and you're going to have players jump in both those windows in college football, that's just the new norm. So, um, what do I? Here's, and I'm going to be really brief with this, so we can wrap it up. But I don't think the, the 18 players is an alarming trend. But can Colorado recover? Yeah, I think they can. I think a lot of teams are going to want to go play, and a lot of players, rather, sorry, rather, are going to want to go play for Deion Sanders. A lot of players are going to want to sit and play for Deion Sanders. It's, he's a, he's prime time. Everyone's going to try to want to be around Deion Sanders. You know what I'm saying? So. I think that it's a good thing, you know, for, you know, I think it's a good thing for other for those players to try to get a fresh start and try to feel, you know, like they can start somewhere and play right now. However, I think the Colorado that it's going to be it's going to be hard to get through. That's a lot of players that have entered the portal. That's that's a, that's an alarming, you know, trend. And it's going to be more alarming if others enter. However, I think Deion Sanders and Colorado over time will prove it and prove it on the field that, hey, we are going to be a threat in the future and that teams are going to want to transfer to us more and commit to us more. So it's going to be one of those things where in the long run, in the bigger picture, if you think bigger picture, that it will be okay. It will end up being okay. However, right now it's kind of an alarming trend. But 18 players have entered the transfer portal for Colorado, including Montana Lemius Craig, wide receiver, offensive lineman Jackson Anderson, Safety, uh, Tyron Taylor, and linebacker Shaquan Bowser. Uh, I mean, good players, but they wanted a fresh start. So, I mean, I mean, what else can you say? You know, I mean, it's it's looking like you know they could turn. It's either a okay, we'll turn over from it quickly, or over time it will be a, a turnover and it will pay off in the long run. But you know, eighteen players, alarming trend right now. However. I think Deion Sanders has got the the strategy and he's got the plan to turn and fill those holes and fill those gaps and turn everything around. So that's just about, you know, does it for Pigskin Frenzy. Again, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday afternoon to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Leave a like on the episode and leave a comment down below. Uh, Spotify, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Podbean, same thing. If you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Facebook, we're on Facebook, Pigskin Frenzy. All you got to do is type it in share around with others, and follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news and notifications from across college and NFL football. Twitter, it's at pigskinfrenzy, all lowercase. All you got to do is type that bad boy in on the search engine. You'll follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news and highlights and notifications from across college and NFL football. Again, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday. Remember, NFL Draft Thursday. I'm so excited. We're going to have a draft day episode for Pigskin Frenzy uh, this Thursday. 
We're also going to be talking about some breaking news uh, regarding quarterback Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to want to miss it. I'm sure you've seen it already across the football world. We're going to dive deep into it. NFL Draft Day, you know, Thursday, Pigskin Frenzy Thursday. I'm Joel Norris, and we will see you for a Draft Day episode and Draft Day Special Edition of Pigskin Frenzy Thursday. <laughs>